What's up, everyone? Welcome to the K-Pop Core Podcast. My name is Onion Taker, and I am joined by Margo. Hi, guys. And I'm really, really glad that I'm doing this podcast with The Onion Taker. Ah, I'm very honored to be doing the podcast with uh, Margo. Uh, she runs the Formspring, Minju. That's formspring.me forward slash Minju. And she has been letting us know what it's like as a K-Pop fan living in Japan. She's been a source of information. And she's also uh, helped everyone be more open about their opinions. So on this podcast, we will be talking about K-pop. Yes, and the most significant news dominating the Korean media at the moment is, of course, SNSD's comeback and their third album. Yeah, and I know a lot of you guys have been waiting for that. I mean, for most Soans, it's been like, what, a year since the last Son Yoshide album? I mean, it, it was actually a mini album, right? Who was it? It was, it was, yeah. So, I'm pretty sure everyone is psyched right now, and I've seen Soans bulk ordering stuff. So, I'm pretty sure this will be a successful comeback. Have you heard the voice already? I literally, it's it's <laughs> it's been about six hours since it's been released, and I just got home and I listened to it. Um, well, <laughs> mixed 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 responses, I think, to. <laughs> Bits and pieces. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it happens all the time when Sonoshde releases new stuff because they tend to release different things. Like, they always come back with a new style. And like, like you said on Twitter, they, have, they do constant reinvention of themselves. So, of course, the recurrent, the voice image that they have right now, it might not appeal to some people. But I really think it's good that they're constantly re- reinventing themselves because that way they can, like, reach to different fans I mean new fans at the same time of course this constant development is just part of being fresh being new every time anyone sees you and it's not just about appealing to your current fans it's about reaching out to newer audiences expanding your market expanding your audience we've seen that being done with Japan with the whole sexy genie image we're just seeing it being done for America I think and as and as a fan that has been watching them for over, say, for three, four years, I'm really, pr- I'm really proud to see the constant growth that they have. They always have something new to put out for us, so it makes the fandom exciting. Because normally fandoms for me die in like two years <laughs> or something. But with Sonia Shida, this is the longest time I've been, I've been supporting an artist, a K-pop artist at that. And I think it it's mostly because of the fact that they always come with some they come up with something new for me, whether it makes me rage or anything. But there's always something new that keeps you like just gets you all excited and all riled up, whichever way of the whatever. I mean, if I take you back to the song itself, yeah, it's produced by Teddy Riley. We've become familiar with his work in K-pop through Rania, Doctor Feelgood. Mm. Um. There's a lot of synthesizer and a lot of artificial work being done with the sounds, isn't there? True, true. And kids, that is not rapping. <laughs> yes, we were just going over that. I was just like... <laughs> kids, that is not rapping, for the love of God. Um, I want you guys to put, an, let's say, an Eminem song to this The Voice song. I mean, totally different things, you know. It's not exactly Tupac Shakur, is it? It's not. But 
<laughs> it's like you'd call it chanting, but it's also kind of not like that. So people just sort of settled with calling it rapping, but it's not. I think a lot of K-pop fans who moved away from American pop, I think a lot of them may have forgotten what rap actually is. <laughs> um, I think we can compare this to the fact that let's say when a K-pop song gets released and they call it a remix but it's, there's just a dance break in it or something. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing as that. It's not the same thing. People have got to learn that you don't use these terms like that. I guess you could call it rap if it was essentially a K-pop song because that's that's a terminology that we've we've grown to use. Yeah, well, but, it fits the K-pop standards, you know. Yeah. But this is now being promoted in America. True. With a record label with such a reputation that you can't be comparing rap with uh, whatever what this having, is. Whatever this is, this cheerleader chanting, this pre baroque chanting going on in there. Actually, it's kind of stuck in between cheerleader chanting and trying to rap. It's somewhere in between, so I guess people are confused. I think so. I really think so. It's more on the chanting side, but I'm still hesitant to use the word chanting because it's also quite not like that. Unlike a lot of the, well, unlike any of the songs that they've used, apart from the song Sonia Shide itself, this is the first time that they're pushing their name in a song, isn't it?、Mm. Do you think it's kind of trying to promote themselves, trying to make a name for themselves in America? Like this is their intro, their promo package. Yeah, you know that actually makes sense. But when I first heard that they were coming out with the, an, a song entitled "The Voice," I thought it was another one of those like O、oh, songs. You know how O、oh、went down, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I I thought it was gonna be like that. Like they're trying to tell, they're trying to like make the voice soon or something. <laughs> But listening closely to the English lyrics,、mm-hmm. it turns out that what they're trying to say is they're actually gonna like overthrow the boys down because girls are like. The thing. Oh, we're going back to the girl power eras of the nineties, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes well, well, it makes sense if they debuted with a song like that in the U.S., right? After all, they are named Girls' Generation, and that's what they say all the time, anyways. They want to represent like the girls of this generation or something. It's basically you saw everything that you had to see on the video on the teaser already. That was a bit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that that was kind of a bit disappointing. Yeah, they did、uh, reveal the climaxes. The only, the, the only different part was the roses part, right? That was surreal. That was so. That, that was so beautiful. <laughs> I I found it surreal, and they they used the old SM trick of taking out the Matrix camera. Yeah.、Uh, I saw you tweet earlier. What? What is the significance like of the crystal? What is the black crystal? <laughs> and then what is the swan? It's not a swan. <laughs> Margot, it's not a swan. It's a.、Duck. I just woke up. <laughs> I just woke up, and then the con- the concept photos of Jessica. Everyone was like saying, "Oh, she's the swan princess." So like it just stuck, you know. And Jessica was the one who like let the. Fine, let's call it a dove fly. So I was like, "What is the, <laughs> the significance of the swan?" <laughs> the significance of the swan. <laughs> so um, so the album itself. Do you think? Uh, they will be promoting other songs. I mean, we can tell sometimes. You know, some songs might be worthy of getting another MV. Some songs might be worth pushing.、Mm. And sometimes they promote a title song and have another song tagged along the end of it. So 
I mean, what would be? I mean, is there anything that you find in the album that you think is worth pushing? I think they will. I think I think they will actually sing Spring Day at least once because Suyong wrote the lyrics, right? Okay. Kind of like how they did how they sang My Mistake because you rewrote it before, mm. don't you think? Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it'll. It, I don't think it'll be like the second track material that they always go like. You know when they come back. Hello. I think we've just lost Margot. So you join us for the K-pop core. Well, you join me for the K-pop core podcast with Onion Taker and an absent Margot. Margot, are you there? <laughs> Yes, you are. I don't know. You're back. I don't know why I was gone for a while. For a while. Okay, so we're going to edit this bit out <laughs> on the podcast. Um, I got a few messages on my Tumblr inbox. Um, I don't know if you have in your yeah. film spring. I got some messages about people saying, well, Wonder Girls are apparently coming back at the same time as Girls' Generation, but I I didn't hear anything about them. No, and no offense to the wonderfuls who's listening to this podcast right now, but... To be honest, I didn't really know they were coming back until someone asked me on my forum spring. I mean, on my on my opinions on what I thought about the Wonder Girls coming back around the same time as Sonoshide is coming back to the Korean music industry. So I mean, as far as I was aware, they were coming back in November. I mean, that was the plan, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't even think they're coming like really clashing comeback schedules because first of all, Sonoshide's The Voice is already out. And right now we don't even have any teasers or whatever from JYP regarding the Wonder Girls comeback, except for the fact that they are coming back pretty soon. And JYP is just dropping hints on what they're coming back with. Like when he stated that no, they're not coming back with a retro concept like they did with two different tiers. Hmm. Good decision on their part. And so yeah. hot. Their sounds are very retro. Yeah. But it worked well for 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 them to be honest. I like I like. Well, I like nobody before it got translated into like every possible language in this world. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I heard a lot of people dislike two different tiers, but I actually like the song. I can only remember the chorus in the opening. To be honest. <laughs> I don't know. I like the song. It. I mean, they had good vocals, and I enjoyed it. But not really the kind of thing that I remember. That I put on repeat. I I can understand you when two different tiers come on. I don't usually skip it on my iPod. And in terms of them coming back, I mean, this is a big, big deal for them, isn't it? It is. I mean, this is post America, post slight failure with the last comeback. <laughs> you know, some something just hit me. It sounds like we're being nice. So let's get <laughs> real. Let, Two different people really didn't receive two different tiers well, and it it is considered a flop coming from it, it, the Wonder the Girls. Point, isn't it? I mean, it's the fact that it's a former. Yeah. Well, at the time they were the nation's girl group. They were the, they they were the premier. True. They basically began this whole one, a group girl wave. They they had so much potential at that time, and before they went to the US, and you know we all know how that went. Mm, mm. They came back with two different tiers, and somehow people people really were disappointed. So, this is a huge thing for them. It's like their chance to come back, to come back in the game and prove that they have a place in the K-pop industry again. I mean, they definitely have a place in my. They opinion. do. It's just they started they, this whole yeah. wave thing. 
It's just that whether they, they they are legends, they will go down in the history books already for what they've already achieved with Tell Me Is So Hot. They have made their mark already. It's just whether they can continue to do so, in my opinion, uh, whether they can return to the top tier yeah. of the female performers. I can see why they feel threatened in a way. Girls' Generation seem to be settling down with, um, you know, the Invisible Youth cast announcements, some of the rumors going around about two SNSD members being in that. We've got that going on. We've got um, yeah. Yuna doing her drama. We've got yeah. uh, Yuri and Tiffany returning to music chorus yes. It just strikes me as SM. And on top of that, yeah. on top of that, I'm pretty sure all the so ones here already know, and even the whole K-pop fandom, that Sonoshide just... I, was it signed under Interscope or Interscope will just release their their album in the US? I'm not sure the I'm details. Not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not too sure because it, it's two different things, right? Yeah. It's two different things. Getting signed under this label or like this label um, working with SM so that they can like release the, the boys album throughout the US. It's two different things so I can't really... I wouldn't call it a US debut just yet, but no. a US physical release. I wouldn't call it a debut because like I was saying, if they are establishing themselves, they're spreading themselves out wide in Korea right now and setting down their roots. In a lot of um, positions, we got one, if the Invisible Youth Group knows true, we got them in Variety, we got Yuna in Drama, we got Yuri and Tiffany covering the music channels. All we need is Taehyun to come back to the DJ position yes. and then we've, we've got SNSD in almost every significant part of the K-pop industry, which shows Taehyun us... Taehyun should definitely go back. And she should come back, but I really hope she does. And um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, with that happening, we can see that SNSD are going to be pushing promotions in Korea, not just Japan anymore, but they're coming back for the long run in Korea right now. That yes. must be a big threat to anyone promoting in the future and that includes Wonder I mean, Girls I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to it I'm a so on and I I respect the Wonder Girls because they practically established a path for my girls to go out yeah. there so I'm also grateful to and them and I think it, it needs to be put into context Wonder Girls are only a flop if you come from a point of view where the international K-pop press and the Korean media were just presenting yeah. the Wonder Girls as a huge success story, having achieved something incredible. Well, it, it's true. They've done something great. They've hit the billboard at 70-something. That, that's, that's the first time that's happened with the girl group. They've done something amazing, yeah. but it's just that some people built them up so much that when you actually looked at the reality of the situation, it just looked so bad. Which is why it looked like a flop. But they're not a flop. I mean, no... They, they've, they've done everything they can. They've done more than any other girl group has so far in America. I'm really looking forward to this comeback because um, if we all know everyone was like Wonder Girls versus Honyoshide. Like for four years in a row now, it was it just always been. that. And finally, they, and finally they will be promoting around the same time period. So it's going to be exciting. Ooh, but tables have turned. Back when um, the Wonder Girls were still in the country, still in Korea, promoting actively. I mean, Girls' Generation didn't have G. Ah, uh, yeah. They didn't have G. It was before the whole... Yeah. The last time the last time they were promoting together, it was like, Sonyo Shide should be the one threatened Every by time. the Wonder Girls. But the tables have turned now. Yeah. Yeah, but 
The Wonder Girls apparently said that they feel very stressed to be promoting around the same time as Sonoshide, and I think a, that's a huge deal for me. It's it's like it's this legendary girl group admitting that Sonoshide has reached this certain level that they just feel they're everyone. There's some there's someone that everyone looks up to. I'm sure there are a lot of fandoms, um, people from other fandoms that might. Disagree with this assessment, but in yeah. terms of um, girl groups, I, I I think it will be impossible to say that if there is a top tier of girl groups, you would not leave out Girls' Generation from that. Yeah, yes. So I maybe um the Wonderfuls out there, of course, thinks that the Wonder Girls are gonna be much more successful than Sonoshide, but we don't know. We'll just have to wait and see what they both have in store for us in the near future, right? Who knows? Right now, in my opinion, it's impossible to topple a giant in one promotion cycle. It's possible to match them. It's possible to match them and unless they possibly embarrass and, them. But don't rule out the possibility that the same thing that happened to Sonoshide might happen to them. Like, that is true. what if they come out with a song? A as awesome as G or as awesome as Tell Me Tell Me that, was the original yeah that that can actually turn tables around again don't you think I think it's one of the reasons why SM is being so conservative about this American push yeah they've been away from Korea for a long time in Japan yeah if true. they go all in on America they will have left Korea for such a long time that it just becomes dangerous yeah but but in my opinion though they're always in Korea all the time like with all the girls always coming out in magazines almost every month and next month again. <laughs> it's not quite the same though as being... I mean, it's enough for yeah, fans. Yeah, true. It's not, for, the, it's not but, for their fans, but it's never... The general public see what they see on mass media. It's magazines, all this. It's, I don't think that's enough to, to maintain a presence. What they're doing right now with all the... With, all, with like four members, five members, that's like half the group doing some kind of activity in the public eye. I think that's what's most significant right now. Yes. Whereas with the Wonder Girls, we had all five just move out. Move out and completely stop appearing. Yeah. They don't even, they didn't even like appear in variety shows, even for like just guest things once in a while, mm. didn't they? It's, um... And you know what they say, out of sight, out of mind, so... It's harsh, but that's what happens in the entertainment industry. I mean... Everyone seems to have forgotten all the like. People seem to forget who's in the um, who's in the army, who's inactive at the moment. Think about Boom. Like people forgot he was there for until like about <laughs> a few months before he came back, and then suddenly yeah. he's like this godly MC that's taking over. Who's confirmed by the way to do Invincible Youth season two, and also well, to do Star King. He's gonna he's gonna be with Sunny then, right? I like Boom and Sunny together for some strange reason. I think Boom is my hero. <laughs> Boom is genuinely I like my hero. I find him hot for some reason. I wouldn't agree with that assessment, but he is my hero. <laughs> so, talking about America and the whole global expansion thing we've got going on right now, uh, I've got Anonymous asking me on Tumblr, uh, Dear Onion, why do you think that Korean artists and companies are pushing for American releases as opposed to going for the European market? I think that SME artists are more suited to the European market and would probably be more successful here. I think most fans would think that, especially looking at how, how SM Town Paris went through, right? 
Yeah, that was very successful. By the way, um, the way Korean variety shows and new shows edit the, the clips from the <laughs> SM Town Paris, they make it so dramatic and I'm just cringing. Look at all these white people <laughs> attending our show. Look at, Look at, all, at all these, these white people crying for us. <laughs> Look at that black guy. He is dancing to K-pop. We are now cool. That's what... I'm, I'm sorry, that's racist, but that's what was happening. I'm yeah. That, that's not they, me they, saying it. That's they, Koreans going, not look, only white that. people, black Not only that, on top of that, they had like the or- orchestral, symphonic background music going on. And I was like, dude, <laughs> what are you doing? I think they called, they called it an invasion. They called it an invasion and they said it was successful. I mean, and all this exaggeration. They are lucky that they actually deserve the pride right now because yeah it's true k-pop has been invading almost the whole world or something so i i let this slide but that was just a little bit too over dramatic or overdone for my taste i mean it's invading but it, it's nowhere close to becoming very established it's, a, it's still a niche it's, yeah. ve- it's still a very very niche product isn't it so yeah going back on this whole europe ordeal um yeah, I think I think most fans would think that not only SME artists actually, but K-pop would make would have a better chance at breaking into Europe than America. I, I actually know a lot of fans living in Europe, so I would if you think about it like lightly, just you know, just that fact alone, like looking at mm-hmm. SM Town Paris alone, you'd think that oh they should break out into into the European market instead because it's less risky compared yeah. compared to say breaking out into the American market. Um, I mean, there have been other pundits that say you can use Europe as a bridge to America because yeah. isn't isn't the crown jewel of any foreign entertainment industry? Isn't it to get recognition from the cultural hub to get recognition from America? Yeah, that that actually makes sense. But why why shouldn't we take the risk? They, I mean, why shouldn't let's say for example, right now with Girls Generation, yeah, why shouldn't they take the risk to debut in America? Let me maybe this is pushing it, and a lot of people won't agree. But to me, they are one of Asia's best girl group, best artist actually. Almost everyone, I mean, not really everyone, everyone in Asia, but you have to say they're really, really, really popular in Asia. I would, I would say that they're one of the best known, or the most. So popular. just with the title, just with that title alone, I think they can get enough, just enough rep in the U.S. Not really the kind of like huge, really like Justin Bieber mm. kind of rep in the U.S., but. Justin Bieber. Oh my God. We can. Oh, first podcast we mentioned Justin Bieber. <laughs> oh my God. And, uh. <laughs> and yeah, but I think just with the title alone, they can get enough rep in the US. Just enough. Mm. Not really super, super amazing, whatever kind of success. But with that title alone, I think they deserve. They have a shot at debuting in the American market. They definitely have a shot. Whether it's successful or not, that comes down to a lot. Yeah, whether it's well. whether it's successful or not, it won't cancel out the achievements they already have right now. So I'm not too worried definitely. on that. Definitely, definitely. Just as long um, as you know they keep everything balanced out, and mm-hmm. I, I trust SME. Even if sometimes they drive me crazy, 
but they're pretty good at uh, this whole marketing musician marketing idols thing I, I mean I hope um, there is a bridge somewhere between Interscope and SM I hope there is a bridge there that if it's not already there that will be created that makes it easier for K-pop artists not just girls generation but other K-pop artists to promote in America in the same way that there was a bridge built by TVXQ by BOA by the dramas going into Japan yeah. I think that's I think that's my big hope with um, the current American push in terms of America we've seen the MV yeah and there's a lot of talk going around I don't think it's avoidable the current trend well the uh, K-pop discussions seem to move in trends um, there's certain undercurrent that underlies a lot of discussions that occur at any given period of time yeah and the discussion at the moment seems to be whether girls generation are receiving favorable treatment <laughs> at the cost of other artists in the agency oh my Now, god I mean, sm gave them roses and sand they are so getting special treatment no mm, okay okay you've taken my argument you've, <laughs> you've, you've ridiculed it <laughs> no. i mean if, if if you think about it It's unprecedented for SM to... Well, no, it's not unprecedented. They did BOA, but... It's unprecedented for them to make such a big deal out of... I'm pretty um, sure after I say what I'm gonna say... Yeah. Even no matter how rational or logical it is, an elf would still think I'm just saying it because I'm a so-on. But let me get this straight. In business, in terms of investment... You would put in a lot more money on something that seems more profitable than something that seems less profitable. So you're think? implying? Well, it no, you're not implying. You're saying it's really, that it's you're really saying harsh. that girls' generation is worth more money in terms of investment on a rate of return than right now. That is right now. Another no. group. I think we can just say it out loud. Super Junior. That, I mean, that's the problem right here, right now, isn't yeah. it? They're saying. No matter what we say, though, I think an elf, especially a hardcore elf, would probably take it the wrong way. And I'm not calling them, I'm not calling them like unprofitable. I'm just saying, compared to girls' generation right now, they are less profitable in terms of like that that ranking that they have in the agency. If you know what I mean. I would say that your assessment is correct. I'm not sure of your reasons, but personally, I would say. Would you agree if I said the reason that Super Junior don't seem profitable, as profitable as Girls' Generation, is their uncertainty over their future? We've got Lee Tuk, who is their leader, aged 28. Yes. Two years from now, when he comes out of the army, he'll be 30. 30 is death zone for an idol. And we, I mean, Elf, they are part of the SM family, and they are part of a, they are a huge portion of K-pop as well, their fandom. I don't know whether they will survive in the current form that they are. I mean, they've been losing members. They've been, they've had a lot of troubles recently. That instability, the uncertainty over the next two years, is that the reason why they're unprofitable? You're only saying this because you're anonymous. If I agreed with you, people will hunt me down. They know my name. Because no, genuinely, I think. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I agree with you. I agree with you. I, no, kidding. I think genuinely <laughs> the only reason is not that is not that at Super Junior are any less talented. It's not that they are any less uh, hardworking. It's just that 
They are, they are, they are. Exa- exactly, it's not that they're any less hardworking than girls' generation. I think the Except point is that they they have. What these fans, yeah. what these fans always argue is that their their opas deserve better because they work harder than the rest of everyone. But what they don't see is everyone in this industry. It's a given that you have to work hard if you're in this industry. Yeah, of course, of course. Everyone works hard, almost mm. to an equal amount. But then reality shows you that effort does not always equal result. That is the story of my life. In <laughs> <laughs> my life too. <laughs> I think this is the yeah, story of everyone's right. lives. So uh, yeah, everyone agrees. Yeah. <laughs> so I just feel bad when they, not really bad, more like disappointed that they use this as an argument as to why. Super G- Super Junior deserves more than what Girls' Generation is getting right now. These two groups are supposed to be considered family, but their fans are always just fighting. I think a lot of there are a lot of flamers even within So One that is that do incite. <laughs> there are certain there are some high-profile people on Twitter as well that incite a lot of um, interfor. <laughs> Inter inter fandom friction. Let me put that in a very politically correct way. <laughs> inter fandom friction with some less thought out than usual comments. Would that be fair to say? Call me a bitch, but it's one of the highlights of my day when fandoms blame each other. Undertaker does not endorse fandoms. <laughs> uh, no fan wars. Un- no Undertaker endorses fandoms. Undertaker does not endorse fan wars. That was a very bad slip. Um. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, and what I'm—I think I'm just seeing tunnel vision with a lot of things that fandoms seem to be saying. Because, I mean, a lot of people were very excited about the teaser for the bad girl MV that was coming out with SNSD and their song. Yeah. Because they, oh, blimey—they have—they um, suddenly have these kick-ass motorcycles. Um, it looks badass. They're suddenly promoting a song out of the blue, and then it just turned out to be. Um, they did it in a basement or something. It was, it was horrible. It was horrible. They were lucky the girls looked really hot on the video. Otherwise, there's nothing to there, watch on it. There, there is nothing that redeems that video. All of and it. you, you hear all this fans saying, "Girls' Generation always gets like epic stuff," and I'm like, "Dude, did you see? Do you see our music videos?" <laughs> I mean. The girls look hot in it, but there's basically nothing in it. <laughs> the, it's it's that, and like, I, when's the last time we had um, an MV worth like with a story in it as such? We call it a story MV, but I think the last one was Into the New World. <laughs> Our debut was the last time we had a drama <laughs> video. It wasn't even drama drama, but at least it had like meaningful. It had, going it on, had like, story progression, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, like the girls representing actually, what they wanted to be and moving forward with it. Actually, that's not true. The last time we <laughs> had a story MV was that S E O U L Soul MV with Super Junior. What? Remember the S E O U L? Ah. Yes. That one. That's the only time. That's the last time. Not even Songyoshide in it too. Super Junior was in it too. Yeah. They, they shared it. They shared so it. So we, we split that story thing. They shared it. But 
Girls Generation were in there, some members. Yeah, that's our last that's our last meaningful music video. And it's not even ours or I mean I think you have to accept that SM is running their company like a business. It's kind of for me it's the uncertainty of the group's future. In terms of in terms of looking at Super Junior, it's the uncertainty of Super Junior's future that makes it a more risky bet. And from Lee Suman's recent interview, his latest interview, he said that he makes everything as safe as possible. Coming from a family with a business background, and I think you, Onion Taker, you also know a lot about business, you would understand why it would seem like SM is putting much more into Sonoshide than than Super Junior. It's just that fans think they're doing this because um, they think Super Junior is like useless or something. Uh, they're not. They're not. I'm not saying they're not. Don't use this against me. I, I respect Super Junior. I actually like Kibum once, but then we all know he, he's kind of gone now. But yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> oh my god. You're so gonna die. You're so gonna die. I miss him. I miss him. I miss him. He was so cute. I want him to come back. He should. He should definitely come back. But I understand what you're saying. It's it makes business sense to do it. But I mean, if I if I was in that position, if my favorite group was See, if in, if I were an L two, I think I would be I would be really sad. I would be angry at what we were being denied simply because it doesn't make any sense. Because in my opinion, no, because seriously, in my, in my opinion, I would say I will be waiting. You ask any elf right now. They will say they will wait. I will be waiting until the day that they stand on the stage together and perform. That's what they will be saying. And they will say they will keep waiting until that happens. Mm. If I was in that fandom, I would be saying the same thing. Look, the 300 mm. so thousand of us in Korea, the God knows how many hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of us outside in the world, we have stood strong. Now give us something. That's what... I would that's the only thing other than becoming the CEO Kim Young Min other than you replacing him there's nothing you can yeah. do as a fan you know as an advice from someone from another fandom this is like we discussed before this whole hatred thing is just ruining their fandom it, I really find Elsa as one of the most passionate fans around next to Cassie's definitely, next to Cassie's definitely. and well, so ones are really pretty passionate lately. But I look up to their loyalty. I mean, I know they've gone through a lot. I mean, one of the members, Kibum, he's there, but he's not in. He's barely in the group. And now Heechul, one of the one of the most undeniably one of the most popular members of the group, has gone to the army. Yeah. And I feel I feel really bad for them. And I know why they can be a, a bit sensitive right now as to whatever is going on. Mm. But the more they, the more they just like, for example, put all the blame on Girls' Generation right now, it will just weaken their fandom. And right now, all they have to do is be strong until the day, like, say, Heechul, I mean, everyone come, all the members gather up and stand on one stage. I mean, again. I mean, Gangin is coming back. Gangin is coming back, which is a huge bonus because we know he can do yes. variety. We know he can do radio shows. He's gonna he's gonna keep carrying the torch. Where maybe he tell. In fact, that would be great if um, yes. Angin took over Youngstreet. That is complete teamwork. Yeah, if if. And, and if that's what that's what we love with that's what 
that's what we love with these groups, don't we? Yeah. Their bond. Of course. I mean, we talk about bonds between different members in different groups. Everyone believes in their group so much. And I'm sure every difficulty that each group has, every difficulty that the fandom goes through, is bringing them close together. But the thing is, to artificially create something, to artificially create problems, to create tragedies, yes. to try and force the bonding, if any of those yeah. things, if any of those artificial tragedies, any of those artificial problems come to light as being fabricated, that's not going to go down well. That's going to weaken the fandom in itself. We need to have facts. We need to think things through before throwing accusations around. Otherwise, yes. it's it's detrimental. It's although in the short term it seems to be good, in the long run it's going to be detrimental to anything. They're not mistreating Super Junior in a business sense. It's not. It's not without reason. It's not even mis- mistreatment to begin with. I think it's um, less favorable. Just, I think it's just... less favorable treatment than before. Because Super Junior were Super Junior have a strong fandom, have a strong commercial value. It's just that there's a lot of instability right now. There you go, commercial value. It's, yeah, it's the, they, no, they <laughs> had no, to they had they had incredible commercial value. They still did until the reality of the situation dawned on us that they have to go to the army. This is law. We can't avoid this. As soon as you put that into the equation, the uncertainty makes the value drop. That's simple economics. Once there is more uncertainty, no matter how big the value initially was, the potential value in the end, just the potential return, it just falls. That's it's cold. It's brutal. Um, you can call it that. Yeah. In fact, yes, you can call SM cold-hearted. You can call SM brutal. For thinking of artists, but that as, is business. Yeah, man. they're thinking of artists as business. It's not art. Pop is not art. Pop has never been art. It's it's about what sells. What sells yeah. more? So one of the bigger events going on right now in in the recent few weeks is G Dragon. It's difficult to avoid that issue because uh, yeah, it's been blown up a lot. Um, it's got a lot of exposure in Korea, and now even Japanese people are involved in it. Uh, well, it did take place in Japan, that's why I would understand why they would need the, the opinion of the Japanese media and the Japanese fans. Yeah, and it's kind of become a bit of a global issue. It's died down recently. I'm sorry to drag it up again, but it kind of needs to be addressed. Um, so the situation is that G Dragon was taken to. Random drugs test by the police. They took a urine sample. The first test said it was negative, so there was no problem. The second test said that it was positive. That G Dragon had some hardware in the system. Um, he had that in his system. Now the thing with these kind of drugs, they stay in your body for a long time. And I was told in school uh, don't do drugs, and also that weed stays in your system for about three months, somewhere in your hair. Very very small amount was discovered in G Dragon. Um, then he did the manly thing. He said, "Okay, this is a situation. Somebody passed me a cigarette in a Japanese club." I took Which sort of implied that it came that a Japanese person gave it to him. Which kind of riled up the Japanese media and well, 
the general Japanese public because it's basically saying that it's not G-Dragon's fault. Basically, a Japanese person, like, you know how Japanese and Koreans are very nationalistic, right? So yeah. this matters a lot to them. So basically, by, by that argument, G-Dragon just said that, dude, I wasn't the one who did it. There was just this random Japanese person who gave it to me. So oh, he like, just said, a guy gave it to me. the facts of the situation. He, he got caught. He admitted to possibly having smoked uh, it. That's the situation. The problem lies in the fact that Japan, it means that a Japanese, it can be seen as a Japanese fan, I guess, or a friend of New Dragon, kind of betraying him and causing him to cause, uh, ca causing him to break laws in two different countries. And basically, um, it, it, it just brings out the fact that there are things like that going on in clubs here in Japan. The Japanese are very, very moral. That's why it matters a lot to them. But I'm sure there must. I mean, there must be somewhere. Uh, yeah, there, there is. But the Japanese are really strict about this. So much that they they have so much police patrolling around like popular young hotspots like uh, Roppongi or like Shibuya. Yeah. They're just watching over these places 24-7 to see whether things like this are going around. So that gives me the impression that the Japanese who like smoke marijuana or anything is really looked down on if they give so much effort into into removing this out of the society. It's the same in Korea. It's um it's it's very, very dangerous to be involved with illicit drugs in The I think the problem is that we are looking at a law. There's this one popular actress, it was a huge headline I think last year. She was caught doing drugs with her husband. Which country is this? Sorry? Japan. Um, okay. This will probably explain why the Japanese people are overacting too. Actually, I feel bad for this actress. She's like one, I, I forgot her name, but she's a well respected actress and she got caught doing drugs with her husband and so now she's basically in jail and all her contract they just vanished in like a second and i'm not kidding all her dramas all her she had a lot of cf contracts going on too it was all cancelled in a snap i mean for cf contracts i understand why it, it will be gone in a minute because there are morality clauses in those contracts yeah i hope g dragon won't really suffer too much from this and i hope yeah but he still broke the rule I mean, even if yeah, I just feel bad for him because I wasn't there. I don't know what happened and I don't really, really know the guy, so... The Japanese excuse has been used before. Yeah. The main actor from Princess Island or Boon or Juji Hu. He was done for smuggling drugs and taking his drugs and he claimed that they were from Japan also. He paid about 75000 for drugs So, I mean, his, um, his situation G-Dragon, I think what he received in terms of precaution, I think mm. that was the correct punishment. I genuinely think that is a correct punishment. Um, if it was a gen if it's a genuine mistake and it's just in the system, there's no there's no evidence to say that 
he intentionally took the drug or a large amount of drug. There's nothing to prove that. And in my eyes, if there's no, if you can't prove someone beyond doubt that they're guilty, then there's no point. In my mind, he got the punishment he deserved, but yeah. what annoyed me, oh. again, I have, I have very little tolerance for idiocy. <laughs> what annoyed me was that there were fans of him that were saying, that were making out that he was a victim. I, yes, he made a mistake, but the point is he broke the law. If it was really true that he just received this thing from another person in a club, He's still not a victim. He's still not a victim in a way. If that's the case, then I'm glad he didn't go to jail. Okay, that would be that would be very harsh to put someone in jail for that kind of mistake. But um, I think what he got was kind of what he deserved. As harsh as that sounds, um, it, they seem to be lumping it up together with um, his controversies over the lowrider yeah. players and the antics on stage during his concerts. For me, that's that's separate. That's a separate issue. Mm. Okay, they investigated that fully. There was no there was no problem with what he did. Yeah. This drugs thing, he's not a victim. He's he's been found guilty of breaking a law um, that all people are subject to. Yeah. Whether whether you agree with the law or not, he was treated he was treated like any other citizen within the law. And short of changing, short of arguing for a change in the law for everyone, there's no argument in terms of saying that he was a victim. Situation. The only way he could be a victim was if he was to be treated any more harshly because he was a celebrity. I always say that celebrities, as public figures, need to be role model citizens. But even if he was treated like a normal Korean citizen, I'm okay with it. Yeah. He's not a victim. He didn't get any preferential treatment. He didn't get any harsh, any harsher treatment. That's there's nothing. There's nothing to say that G Dragon is a victim. He's really, really lucky though, and I, I hope this is the the last that he gets into trouble like this, mm. because the second the second time will weigh a lot more, because you cannot say it's it's just another accident again. I hope that nothing, if if in case that the if this time was really a mistake, because I wouldn't know. I'm not an idiot to trust everything he says. I don't know the guy, but I respect him as a musician, so. I would give him the benefit of the doubt, so I'm still kind of in between. Go to tweet us at Kpopcore, or you can visit us at www.kpopcore.com. We also, no, we don't. <laughs> what? <laughs> we also have an email address, kpopcore at gmail.com. Just send in your questions, send in your topics that you want to hear more from as well. Please, this please has been awkward. This has been the <laughs> This has been the K-pop Core pilot episode. This is episode zero. This is not episode one. This is us doing a sound check. This is more for us doing a sound <laughs> check. This is more for us talk Believe it or not, this is the first time that I've actually spoken to Margo. Yeah, this is the uh, first time I've spoken to him. I mean, we talked like, but that that was like text and chat. So this is the first time we're actually talking. So if it sounds a bit crappy at the beginning, oh, please excuse us. <laughs> follow us on Twitter, Margo. Your Twitter is at Minju. That's M I N J O O. I am Undertaker. O N I O N T A K E R. 
Our podcast Twitter is Kpopcore, K-P-O-P-C-O-R-E. Our website is www.kpopcore.com. That's K-P-O-P-C-O-R-E.com. We also have our Gmail address for lengthier questions, K-P-O-P-C-O-R-E at gmail.com. Join us again next week if we're back on there again. We will be discussing a lot more stuff in a lot more structured fashion. I have been Onion Taker. And I have been Margo. And you've been listening to K-Pop Core Podcast.